Ticket to the Moon. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. In summer of 1969, the world held its breath as NASA prepared to launch Apollo 11, the mission that would make history by landing humans on the moon for the first time. While this achievement was the culmination of years of scientific research and technological advancements, it also captured the imagination of the public and private sectors alike. In this spirit of exploration and adventure, Pan American World Airways, most commonly known as Pan Am, unveiled ambitious plans to offer commercial flights to the moon in 1968. It's funny because this could also be right now. We've got submersibles. We have rich people trying to get to the moon. This this feels like an industry that you could have told me this happened three days ago. And I'd be like, that makes sense. Pan Am was no stranger to pushing the boundaries of air travel. Founded in 1927, the airline had a long history of innovation and was the first to introduce many of the features we take for granted in modern aviation, such as transatlantic and transpacific flights, onboard meals, and in-flight entertainment. I watched The Aviator for the first time recently. I never, oh, you did? I never, I never saw it before because I kept confusing it with Catch Me If You Can. Oh, just Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Just a similar era. I, I liked it a lot. It's, it, is re- yeah, it was a really good movie, but Pan Am is heavily featured in mm-hmm. this and their transatlantic flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I came upon this, I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. I just saw this 20-year-old movie. For the first time. (laughs) Look what I discovered. No spoilers to what happens to Howard Hughes. But I think the aesthetic of Pan Am, too, like I think this kind of idea, this really like a marketing kind of strategy is very much a part of aviation being at the forefront of like, how can we push that? We've done other episodes, too, about different marketing initiatives. And this feels, yeah, feels very cool and exciting and chic. And I can see the advertisement in my mind's eye. They really had a great aesthetic, great advertising, and they just had they just had a really great style where other airlines didn't really have that as much, I don't think. And I think Pan yeah. Am was one of those. I guess Virgin Airlines would have been the only thing more recently that had a change. Yeah. Because it was like very neon and Yeah, it's cool. like a club. You're on an airplane, but it's a club. Yeah, there's a lot of neon, this kind of sleeker aesthetics to it. But yeah, I think I think a lot of the other airlines even now kind of rip off that Pan Am, this evergreen kind of cool mid-century aesthetic that feels very sophisticated, but also it, kind of nostalgic and comfy. Like travel, luxury, but also modern. Yeah. All those things and nothing being sacrificed. Nothing. Also, there was Hooters Airlines. <laughs> I remember that. We can we can talk about that at another time. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Snoop Dogg had like an airline for mm-hmm. a millisecond? So, sorry, chic chic as well, I will say. Pan Am's vision for lunar travel emerged during the height of the space race between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. The airline saw an opportunity to expand its brand beyond Earth's atmosphere, capitalizing on the public's fascination with space exploration. Pan Am's president, Juan Tripp, announced plans for lunar flights in 1968, envisioning a luxurious space shuttle called the Orbiter. Hmm. which would transport passengers to and from the moon. The audacious concept included amenities such as spacious cabins, Hell yeah. gourmet space cuisine, mm-hmm. and even a lounge with panoramic windows for lunar sightseeing. Oh, it's like a flight club in the air. 
and how Pan Am promoted this lunar flight? We'll find out after this break. Pan Am's promotional materials and concept art for the orbiter promised a out-of-this-world experience. Passengers would board the shuttle, which resembled a sleek futuristic spacecraft at Kennedy Space Center. From there, they would embark on a multi-day journey to the moon, complete with scientific lectures and celestial navigation tutorials. So you're getting... Incredible. You're just getting a whole experience. Yeah. It's like, hey, astronauts, I don't know why didn't you just buy a ticket like I did, and Pan Am (laughs) will take me there pretty much at the same time. Yeah. And you get Tang plus champagne. Yeah. Like a mimosa with Tang, because I'm just a person who's not a scientist or any kind of physicist. I've never endured the... the (laughs) The crushing weight of space and gravity on my body. (laughs) Exactly. I just like to sit on this couch thing and look out into the stars. Eating a space burger. Exactly. Can I have another space burger? Can I have some more ice? You already had three. (laughs) Upon arrival at the lunar base, passengers can explore the lunar surface, experiencing the thrill of waking up on the moon while guided by trained astronauts. They could also visit the lunar colony, take part in experiments, and even enjoy lunar sports and activities. Lunar sports. You just put the word lunar in front of anything. <laughs> I love it. I'm eating this up. Can you imagine the astronauts who have to work this concept? They're probably like, what are you talking <laughs> They're about? They're just like, I went to fucking MIT and I have to like usher you off in a spacesuit to my lunar colony that's spent billions of dollars on. And Pan Am's like, we have money. They're like, yeah, you will do that. Sorry. While Pan Am's vision was undoubtedly ambitious, it faced several significant challenges. You don't say. (laughs) I wish I underlined significant. (laughs) Wow. The technical and engineering hurdles were immense, and the cost of such a venture was astronomical. Also probably out of this world. Yep. (laughs) That's right. Lunar problems. Additionally, the uncertain political and economic climate of the late 1960s created further uncertainties. Ultimately, Pan Am's lunar travel plans remained firmly in the realm of science fiction. The Apollo 11 moon landing in 1969 was a remarkable achievement, but was a government-led mission, and commercial lunar flights remained a distant dream. And they still pretty much are. We still want, we want to get out there. At least the rich people of us really want to get out there. And I can't even imagine what this would have cost back then. I think it cost 1,000 space dollars. <laughs> Lunar-tastic. 